You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacy Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Seattle Sports at Night. Stacy Rost here with Jake Heaps. Thanks for hanging in there, Jake. Of course. You it's kidding late. me? Yeah, it's all right. We love being here, though. That's that's the thing. Is I think we have a blast in here. So I know the listeners right now that are listening here late at night. You guys are troopers. Yeah, you guys are troopers. Uh, that's for sure. Um, so we appreciate you guys listening, tuning in, and hopefully we're putting on a show for you. I can't wait for all three of us to be reunited. I know. Eventually that's going to happen, right? I I think so. I haven't seen Curtis in two days. <laughs> I know. Said, Does anyone know where Curtis is? Poor guy. He's Poor up in the guy. middle of the night. I know. Doing these Mariner games. So good for him, though. Yeah, yeah. And he'll have plenty of Mariners uh, takes, steaming hot takes to get into when he gets back. For right now, we're going to stick with the NFL. Uh, this morning, Bruce Arians, you've heard of him, <laughs> former Arizona Cardinals coach, uh, slash everyone's like a uh, very weird uncle. Right, I've oh. always heard that comparison. Bruce Aaron's is just everyone, right? Yeah, everyone's weird like uncle. But like here in Seattle, everybody can't stand Bruce Arians. I've never minded him. The only thing I can't stand about Bruce Arians is his transition lenses. <laughs> That's <laughs> the only thing. Lenses. Otherwise, I'm fine with him. But the transition lenses, oh. get out of here. I'm sorry. I'm over it. <laughs> Bruce Arians is now head coach with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He made headlines uh, this week for hiring two female coaches, the first uh, two female coaches in the NFL. One will be an assistant defensive line coach, another an assistant strength and conditioning coach. Jake and I talked about this a bit uh, earlier. This will last hour to kick off the timeline. Um, Brock and Salk, I know, talked about it. I think everyone is everyone kind of has the same general idea. I don't know how the textures feel. Um, you, you can let us know. Join our conversation right now about the just kind of where the NFL is going. Text the Coors Light text line at 710710. Um, but we were talking about it, and I'm not mad at it. And I, I know that that's not shocking as a woman to hear that a woman <laughs> isn't upset about two female coaches. Right. Um, the reason I don't mind it is I think that uh, there are a lot of people on NFL staffs um, that aren't seen. And there are a lot of people that go into uh, you know keeping a franchise, whether it's the physicians and trainers and uh, random coaches and, uh, you know, if you're the Seahawks, you have, um, kind of mentors and, and people that you talk to. It's, it's a huge team of people. Yeah. Um, and, and definitely not all of those people are former NFL players. You don't necessarily have to have played the game to be able to help someone excel at the game. Correct. Um, players all the time in the off season, uh, they take yoga classes, they, um, take different i mean you might want to talk about uh different therapies that you're doing uh recovery efforts um working on sleep working on nutrition players all the time whether through the team or or through their own kind of staff outside of the team work with all kinds of different people to to keep their bodies right yes to stay in shape and to be peak physical condition you know mentally in the game right um so i don't mind this move well here's the other thing too stacy is that Okay, well, they haven't played the game. They just mm-hmm. don't know. Well, there's a lot of coaches in the NFL right now that are male that have never played the game. Maybe the most well-known, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. And also, uh, from my experience, just personally, Charlie Weiss never played the game. Mm-hmm. Charlie Weiss had a heck of a career and at one point was recognized as the offensive-minded guru 
you know, from the New England Patriots going to Notre Dame. Uh, it, it just if you if you have a willing to a willingness to learn and have a passion for what you do, the the possibilities are endless. So it's more about what do you know, what you what information can you provide, how can you coach and connect to the players, um, and get your message across more so than okay, are you male or female uh, in in this profession? And that's why I love seeing this barrier because. I've seen a lot of bad coaches in my day. Like I've I've been around it, I've seen it, I've witnessed it, and have been just absolutely shocked. What's the that biggest some mistake that bad coaches. coaches make? Um, is it different, or is there kind of some common themes with? Well, I think there's common themes. I think one, just your overall knowledge in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, coaching is a <laughs> coaching is a is a club. It's it's a, just like in any job. It's more about who you know than what you know. Yep. And so there are, you know, if you get in with a certain coaching staff, a certain group, they're going to carry you around forever. We've all seen guys that just bounce around in in different leagues with different teams, and it seems like you always hear their name come up, and you think, yep. this guy? Yeah, exactly. How How is this guy going around? I mean, uh, you know, here's a great example. Uh, you know, you got Scott Linehan, right? He was a former offensive coordinator here at the University of Washington, uh, becomes an O.C., uh, in, in a position coach in the National Football League, Kellen Moore, well, Scott Linehan is from Eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. He drafts Kellen Moore and brings Kellen Moore to the Detroit Lions. He then goes to Dallas. He brings Kellen Moore, okay, this is a coach-player relationship, but then brings Kellen Moore to Dallas. And then Kellen Moore, after his playing career, gets hired as a QB coach under Scott Linehan, mm-hmm. right? So there was a strong relationship, not just from a player-coach recognizing man this guy's really smart but it was there was a real, real relationship right. there and that's not to say that a lot of these people like more aren't qualified Correct. smart uh you know they could be perfect guys for the job absolutely but the important thing that Jake is underlining here is that relationships are a huge part of of jobs in professional sports exactly so now if a woman has gone out and they've networked and they've uh worked really hard at, at getting themselves into these positions, then yeah, you've done an excellent job. And if you're qualified and you can coach, then great. And so it'll be it'll be really cool to see how this goes. I mean, for example, uh, the the assistant defensive line coach Lori Locust, uh, she was working uh, first as an intor- intern, uh, coaching intern with the Baltimore Ravens in training camp in 2018. Then mm-hmm. was in the AAF uh, with the Birmingham Iron, uh, coaching uh, the defensive line there, and so. That's where she got recognized. That's where yep. she got pulled from, and and hats off to her. And and it'll be really cool to see what happens in her coaching career from this point on. And honestly, props to to the women that are able to network and and what can sometimes be kind of a nepotistic world. It's not just pro football. It's it's Wall Street. It's it's anywhere where uh, trust is really important. Relationships are really important, which are a lot of high stakes jobs. Wherever yeah. you find high stakes jobs, you're usually going to find that uh, relationships really, really matter there. The ability to trust and lean on someone matters um, because if you mess up, everyone messes up Correct. In, in those jobs. Well, and here's the other thing, too, is is that the reality is, is that it's really hard for a female to come in, a female coach to come into a bunch of ma- a male-driven league, yeah. uh, male-driven players that are getting paid way more than you are to earn and command their respect. Mm-hmm. And the only way that you're going to be able to do that is to be able to show the knowledge that you have. And so that's why I feel comfortable and confident with it because if, if she wasn't qualified for the job, 
she certainly wouldn't be getting it, and she'll get washed out in a second if those players don't think she knows what she's talking about. So there's, there is that, whether it's fair or unfair, that's the reality. And so I, I have the belief system that she probably knows a lot about the position. She knows what she's doing, and she's going to go in there and earn, earn the respect to that. So that's, that, that is one really cool uh, trend that we are, we are now seeing. Yeah, I'm I'm down for that. I think the thing I always get nervous about, and this is something that I think anyone who's underrepresented in in uh, any kind of sphere feels, is worrying that uh, someone like you will mess up, and then people will think, okay, no more women. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, it's a lot of there's, pressure. It's, there's yeah. a lot of pressure, and you kind of want them to do well because you think, please, please, please do this, because the minute that someone messes up. It's oh, game over. Yeah. Oh, we tried that. It didn't work out. Yeah. And there are a lot of lot of men that that fail in the coaching ranks, and and no one thinks don't hire men again. No, yeah, no doubt. No, it's an interesting conversation. There's there's a lot of other trends. Uh, another way that the NFL is changing. It's the same way that this is a big conversation. Um, I think just access to players. Uh, so social media. This the conversation about Bruce Arians hiring two women. Um, to coach on his staff became such a big thing because social media, because now millions of people um, and NFL fans can chime into that conversation and say how they feel. Don't read the comments. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But another way that that's also benefited fans is that players can be part of a lot of different conversations. When before have players been able to take the approach that Le'Veon Bell took this year, which is, to basically report on your own free agency, this didn't used to be a thing. Right. And and I think there are good and, and bad parts to social media in general. Uh, but I don't mind the trend of just a bigger voice for players, um, whether it's things that they want to speak out about. I think that's a wonderful trend. Yeah. But one of the biggest critiques I've always heard, especially for us working in sports media, is that sports media used to be the route that you took to find out about players. News and stories and practice things used to come through you. And I think what's happened is that people are finding that that's less and less, that players can speak for themselves directly on social media, um, that, you know, blogs and podcasts. And there's all kinds of different ways to get this information and to learn about it. Yes. One of the negatives I always hear is the impact that that then has on um, sports reporting industry as a whole. And I think that's fair. But another really cool thing is all the different kinds of voices that get a, that get to join that conversation now. Yeah. I, it's huge for player empowerment. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, it, it used to be limited to only, you know, the, the top guys would get the endorsement deals, mm-hmm. right? The legitimate endorsement deals. Uh, maybe a few players here and there might get some local stuff, but now through social media, uh, the way that endorsement deals work now, uh, any company at any time can reach out to you, get in touch with you, endorse you. Uh, you get to create your own image, your own, your own. You can connect with your own fan base. You know, fans are more easily accessible to you, uh, which is which can be a very powerful, impactful thing in a in a positive way. It also can be very negative. If you have players that are way too tuned in to social media, reading the comments, reading what people say about you, focusing on what people say about you because it's so accessible. Before it used to be okay. Well, you just don't listen to AM talk radio. Yeah. Uh, you just don't. You just don't really. You know, watch ESPN or turn on your TV. You don't. Um, 
you know, okay, I'm not just going to, I'm not going to read the paper. Like that was it. Like you had three sources yep. that you could go and get that information if you wanted. And now it's on your phone. It's at an alert. It's right away. Right. It's right away that you can, you can find out what people are saying about you, um, positive or negative. And, and I think that that has drastically changed the way things are approached and the way things are, are, uh, taught. And, um, you know, from a professional standpoint, a high school standpoint, and that's why, you know, me, when I work with uh, these young high school kids, one of the things that we talk about at, every year is social media and how to handle it, how to, you know, one, use it for your benefit mm-hmm. and two, how to handle the, the negative aspects of social what media. What I was going to say is it's a two way street. And Absolutely. I'm sure uh, as a former quarterback, you're well familiar with Oh, the some first, of the awful things the that people first, say. I'm trying to remember what was said, but I can't remember. I remember. I can count on one hand, just, like nasty things people have said on Twitter yeah, to me. It, it, I'm sure you've forgotten some things that I would never forget. <laughs> yeah, at some point you just learn to roll with the punches. You know, I I just I just remember being in college my freshman year. It was really the first time that I'd ever really seen something truly negative and hurtful. Uh, and I, man, it it kind of shook me. Oh, it kind of shook me and I didn't well, know. Well, at this how, time you're what, 18, 19? Yeah, yeah, 18, 19 yeah. years old and uh gosh, I mean it 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 really it really hurt and it kind of, you know, got me self-conscious a little bit. And uh and so I think th- those are things that you you run into as a player now that, you know, these kids now more than ever have to learn and deal with at such a young age. But now you see the Antonio Brown situation, right? Mm-hmm. The trade, you know, Steelers are looking for a trade. And he is tanking his trade stock to all the other 31 NFL teams because the guy simply would not get off social media spouting off about his team, about his teammates, about what he wants in his new contract and all those types of things, whereas he wouldn't have had that big voice before, and that message may not have gotten out that easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's What do you tell kids, by the way, like when you talk to them? I'm genuinely curious because yeah. I think of – what I would tell someone would be, oh, just brush it off. But, I mean, I can't imagine being – because this happens. I see it all the time. Yeah. Um, particularly, I mean, for me with local sports, but I see all the time grown adults yes. uh, tweeting at uh, maybe kids that didn't – that transfer, um, people that – college kids that have a poor game, um, recruits that, that, you know, change schools. What do you tell kids? Uh, you know, first and foremost, don't look at it. You know, uh, that's the first thing. Uh, if you can stay away from it altogether, that's fantastic. The second thing is that you have to understand that, that uh, people's point of views, where they're coming from, uh, they don't know you. They don't know who you are, um, and they don't know what you're capable of. So if people are telling you what you can and cannot do, who you are, what they think of you, it doesn't matter. And ha- And you have to teach these kids to have self-worth. And that what they think of themselves is the most important thing and really, truly the only thing that matters along with your support system. So the biggest phrase that I use is surround yourself with greatness. You have to surround yourself with people that are going to, yeah, positivity and that's going to uplift you to be great in who you want to be. Uh, Are they going to push you to be the best in whatever you're doing, support you to help you be that? Or are are you having people around you that are one- you know, you're going out and doing parties and all those kinds of things, or are you surrounding yourself with negativity constantly? And if you're surrounding yourself with negativity, you're going to get brought down. That's the way this world works. Uh, if you can surround yourself with positive thoughts and, and not let those 
quote unquote haters. That's the most popular mm-hmm. uh, description of, of those types of people is, you know, not let those haters uh, be the um, driving force, the driving in force, your head. the driving force of your self-worth. Yeah. No, this is. Jake, this is such a cool conversation, and I love that we we got into the social media realm because I think at another time, you, me, and Curtis need to have a whole conversation about oh. just social media and sports. It's fascinating. It I know is. people brush it off, but it's a huge part of it. Huge deal. Coming up next, we are going to talk about Russell Wilson. I know it's a conversation that's going to go on all off season, but this is an interesting conversation, an interesting angle, and uh, I can't wait to hear your opinion. One that you may not have heard yet. No. That's coming up next on Seattle Sports at Night. Live from the Alaska Airlines studio, this is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacy Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Seattle Sports at Night. I'm Stacy Rost here with Jake Heaps. You know, Jake, there's a conversation that we're going to hear about Every single day. Over and over and Multiple over times a day. That's right. Forever until this gets resolved somehow. And that's a conversation about Russell Wilson's future in Seattle. Whether there's an extension this offseason, uh, whether he plays out and heads to free agency. To catch you guys up, Russell Wilson is in the final year of his contract, along with Bobby Wagner. In an, art- in an article that came out today on ESPN, Kevin Seifert detailed the top potential free agents in 2020. Sitting at the top of that list, uh-huh. Russell Wilson. Oh, okay. Well, that's no surprise. I mean, he's going to be a free agent in 2020, right? Right, right. So <laughs> a conversation that happened today between Brock and Salk uh, earlier on 710 ESPN is whether or not that's a bad thing. They explored this segment for good news, bad news, no news. Salk says no news. Brock feels no news, but he's slightly more concerned. Okay. ESPN's 2020 free agent NFL rankings have Russell Wilson as the number one free agent available. Oh, shoot. Well, I mean, is that weird? I don't know. Have you seen franchise quarterbacks? Have you seen franchise quarterbacks get to this point? Yes. This point? Yes. You have. have. Yes. Not the point where you start the season very often. But yes, you've seen them get to March of the year before their deal is up. Yes. Uh, You're going to hear this from Mike Garofalo. We taped this earlier this morning. You know, the last, he brought up the last contract and there was a deadline set by Russell and his camp that said, hey, if we do not have a deal done, probably not a surprise that a baseball agent wants a deadline Mm -hmm. to get a deal done. If we don't have it done before the start of training camp, we're taking it off the table and playing the season. It will be very curious to see if set deadline comes this time around. From either side, from either party. So there's going to be plenty to watch over the weeks and months ahead. That's uh, Brock Heward earlier this morning talking about Russell Wilson, his future in Seattle. Interesting. I know. And I guess Brock isn't, he's not wrong. I think he has a great point in that this, the reason this is a conversation is because it's not going to be an easy deal. Um, Russell Wilson has his agents, a former baseball agent. He's going to want, understandably, the biggest contract uh, that's that's been given out for an NFL quarterback that would probably reach about thirty five million based on Aaron Rodgers' last deal. Yes, but I think if you look at the list, this is why it's interesting to me. Okay, and this is the angle that I want to take for this conversation. Russell Wilson's number one. If you had to guess, like a free agent uh, that would be number two, just any free agent, who would you guess? It, I don't know. I, don't I would know. guess like a Bobby Wagner. 
maybe. Are you talking about for the Seahawks? Mm, maybe for the Seahawks. Yeah, for the Seahawks, but just in general. Okay, yeah. I mean, Bobby Wagner, obviously, he's he's the best middle linebacker in the league, so that's a big deal, right? Um, but I don't know. I, I really haven't paid attention to who is coming up in 2020. Which is, which is fair. Um, and I think that Bobby Wagner is an easy one here because we're local. But the ESPN article that Seifert put out lists some big-name quarterbacks as potential free agents. It's not just Russell Wilson. Okay, number two right. on the list is Philip Rivers. Number three is okay. Brady. Number four is Breeze. Five is Ben Roethlisberger. Six is Dak Prescott. Seven, Marcus Mariota. Interesting. It's. I mean, there's a lot of people. Eight is Jameis Winston. Um, there's a lot of big okay. contracts okay. that are going to come up here. Russell Wilson isn't alone. So, yeah. So he's not alone. Uh, and, and this is going to be really fascinating now that these guys are up. It, it's going to be interesting to see how it handles with Philip Rivers because is Philip Rivers going to retire after his contract's up, or is he going to continue to keep playing? Uh, same thing with Brady. We know that Brady wants to keep playing, but it's really a year-to-year thing at this point uh, for him. And Drew Brees is kind of in the same cloth. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is the one that really perks my ears up because mm-hmm. Ben's not done playing. Uh, he hasn't shown any signs of not wanting to keep, continue to keep playing, uh, and he's going to get another big deal. And Dak Prescott, obviously, those two guys are the guys that can contend in terms of having a high market value deal. So if if you're looking at this, if Ben Roethlisberger, Dak Prescott, just the way the market has gone, then those guys are going to get higher than $33.5 million than Aaron Rodgers has gotten. Yeah. That's just what the market has done over the last few years. Is it going to settle? Is the dust going to settle? And at some point we're going to hit a cap on this thing for quarterback market? I don't know, but it certainly doesn't seem to be that way. So the interesting thing from that point is if Roethlisberger gets over 33.5, if Dak Prescott gets over 33.5, where does that leave Russell? Right. Because Russell certainly out of all of those guys, is the number one quarterback prospect moving forward. It's because he's still only 30. He'll be 31 years old at this time. He'll be he'll be far and above uh, probably the most or one of the most decorated quarterbacks in the National Football League mm-hmm. with so much more to come for him. So when you're talking about the best prospect of quarterbacks out of that list, it's certainly Russell Wilson. Which makes you to believe maybe okay maybe it isn't thirty five million maybe it's thirty five thirty six right uh, in that range because of these other guys that are on their way to a contract extensions as well. It's something I certainly wasn't paying attention to. And I, I think I, I think part of it me. is it right. I I'm part of it, and I mean some of these guys, Drew Brees for example, uh, his is actually just an out that he has after this year. Okay, um, but a few of them, Philip Rivers, uh, Tom Brady. Um, Dak Prescott are guys whose contracts they are playing out the last year of their respective deals right now. Um, so I don't know if we're just so tuned into the Russell Wilson conversation, but looking at it this way, you're right. It expands that view. It makes you realize that Russell Wilson's uh, extension could be quite a bit larger than people are expecting. Not only that, but of course you would wait it out. Why wouldn't you wait to see what some of these other guys do? Why wouldn't you wait to see? Um, I don't think that a contract that, uh, you know, Tom Brady gets should should he sign another one or um, even like Mariota would would surpass what Russell Wilson, even if it came up before. I don't think it would be near that thirty five million a year. I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't even think Mariota or Winston is going to get above thirty three point five. No, which makes sense. Right. So so that'll be interesting because that will be um, 
it's not going to set a new bar, which is what we're so used to seeing. But it certainly highlights that, you know, this isn't a deal that is going to get done right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think s- that's what Brock's alluding yeah. to, right? Well, oh, that's that's weird that it comes out in an article. I don't think it's weird. I think Brock's reading into it a little bit more than just that uh, from that standpoint. And I'm with Salk. is like, yeah, of course, he's going to be the number one prospect coming out in, in the 2020 free agency right. class if he doesn't get an extension. Um, but that does leave you to the fact of, okay, if you're Russell's camp, do you become more patient now? Do you wait this thing out to try and see what all these other guys get in terms of their contracts for you to then negotiate on top of that? Or do you try and get your deal done, you set the market, and then someone else sets the market above you the very next month, right? Like that's that's what it felt like the last time Russell got his contract done the last time around. It was the biggest thing in the world. And then someone else set the market, you know, very quickly after that. Um, and so it, it that just furthers this conversation to see how this is going to pan out. And it makes you wonder if they are going to be able to get that contract extension done before training camp, like I promised you that it would be, Stacy Ross. So that's that's the that's the problem that I have. A you know, when you look at this, if I'm Russell, I'm not I'm not really trying to sign a deal before these guys do. I mean, I want to know what Ben Roethlisberger is going to get. I want to know what the Cowboys are going to give Dak Prescott. And if they give him, if they give them thirty four, thirty five million dollars, then that mm-hmm. certainly raises my prices. Out of curiosity. Do you want to hear some of the other big free agents that are coming out next yeah, year? Yeah, Just yeah. to close out this segment? Yeah. All right, here we go. Some of them, I don't know what kind of deal they're going to get because they'd be looking at a third contract. Uh, but we've got A.J. Green, Larry Fitzgerald. Ooh. I think the assumption is he's going to retire. Yeah, he's going to be retired. Yeah. Uh, Alan Hearns, Amari Cooper, Julian Edelman. Okay. Torrey Smith, uh Randall Cobb, although didn't he just sign a deal? Was that a one-year yeah, deal? Yeah, he signed a one-year deal. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Willie Sneed. Uh, oh, here we go. Jerron Brown and David Moore, mm-hmm. both going to become uh, unrestricted free agents after this upcoming year. Uh, Farrell Cooper, Eli Rogers, Jalen Strong. Um, let's see. Tyreek Hill. Uh, there's a lot of names on here. Keenan Reynolds, another Seahawks okay. uh, receiver. And those are guys that, I mean, they aren't like, that's just local. They aren't like the big name right. guys around the league. Uh, Eric Ebron. Is it Ebron or Ebron? Ebron. Ebron. Kyle Rudolph. Rob Gronkowski, I think another person people are assuming might retire. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, this is going to be, I think next year we're going to see another huge season of free agency contracts. Yeah. I think think every year this is just going to get higher and higher and higher, especially when um, a lot of guys with one position, uh, like what we saw this year with DNs, if they're franchise tagged yeah. or yeah. kept, and then you've got a need, but just maybe two guys available. For sure. Um, it's going to be interesting, with, especially with the edge rushers. Where is that money going to go to? Where is that right? contract going to get? Because you're looking at Demarcus Lawrence, mm-hmm. Jadavian Clowney, and Frank Clark all wanting $20 million plus. And even if you keep Frank Clark this year on a franchise tag, he, you've got you got a choice to make next year again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. It's certainly an interesting conversation, and I I just did not realize how many of those not just quarterbacks, but I mean these are top ten. This this if you just made a list of the top quarterbacks in the league, yeah. most of them would be right here. Yes, uh, they're the majority of them are. I mean it's 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 incredible. So there's a lot to there's a lot of movement that's going to happen in the quarterback market come 2020. 
All right. Speaking of that conversation that Brock and Salk had with Mike Garofolo, uh, they had a conversation about Frank Clark that that caused Jake Heaps to just perk his ears a little bit. Yeah. It caused some interest. Give me some thought. That's coming up next on Seattle Sports at Night. You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Seattle Sports at Night. I'm Stacey Rust. He's Jay Keeps. What's going on, everybody? Let's go. Don't forget, you can listen to our show via the 710 Sports app, driven by your Puget Sound Acura dealers. Uh, coming up next, we're going to answer any questions you have and ask us anything. Text the Coors Light text line at 710. I'm really, really loving them. Genuinely have. But also, the answers have been hilarious. I'm not kidding. I was... <laughs> Literally last night, I just laughed myself thinking of your answer to a smell that always brings a smile to your face. And it was love smell because it's so awful. But it also just reminds you if you're like a 30 or under or like 31, it just love you, spell reminds you of high school, you, junior high. Yes, you know exactly what I'm talking. You about. know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so what we do, uh, this time of the night is we talk about some of the biggest, uh, maybe it's a rumor, um, a report, maybe a move that's coming out Mm -hmm. and it's going to have some big consequences. So we've got a good one for you tonight. If you're a Seahawks fan, well, maybe not good, but it sure is interesting. It is interesting. This can't be happening. Big. You can't be serious, man. If. Did he say that? True. History is going to change. The bottom line on the hottest opinions of the day. You cannot be serious. Tonight's Big If True comes from Mike Garofolo. I still don't know if I'm saying that right. I think so. Whatever. 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 Said on Brock and Salk, uh... This morning, and uh, this is uh, an interview that's going to air tomorrow, that Frank Clark is worth a high first-round pick and an additional pick slash player. Why is this a big deal, if it's true? Uh, it's a pretty big deal. Can we listen to the clip? Because I want to hear how he says this. Yes. Um, Here we go. Do you think the Seahawks can get a first-rounder for Frank Clark? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, there's no question. I mean, you're, you're talking about a, a one and then some uh, for for Frank Clark. Um, and, and it's not going to be a bad one either. It's going to have to be a high one. A high one. A high one. He said, oh, yeah, no doubt. I take that as I take that as 20. I take that as maybe 15 or higher. That's a high one to me. Yeah. Because back end would be like 20 plus. Right. 15, 15 or higher. And then you're getting either additional pick or picks and or a player, right? So when you look at it from that standpoint, you look at it from Frank Clark, you know, contract situation. You're you're looking at 17 million on the cap, and if you were to get a multi-year deal done with Frank and the way that this thing is going, because D Ford had a one-year contract essentially out of his big deal that he got. It's essentially a one-year, $20.1 million deal. Mm-hmm. So if you're just going off of that alone, Frank is going to want significantly more than $20 million. He's going to want $21, $22 million per year Huge chunk and of have guaranteed money in there, right? So that's a big chunk of change that's going to Frank Clark. Do I think he's worth the investment? Absolutely. But mm-hmm. when you put together what is the best move for this roster, for this franchise, and the ability to put money elsewhere so that they can get to the playoffs and make Super Bowl runs. If they could get a high first-round pick and additional picks on top of Frank Clark, 
for this year, mm-hmm. I believe that that would be a very, very smart move for the Seahawks. It pains me to say it because I've been a huge proponent of a multi-year deal for Frank Clark, and I still would be happy to see that done. But I think you have to, if you're going to be able to get it, get that trade done, it it is absolutely would be a great thing for the Seahawks because now you're able to get a cheaper defensive end pass rusher that you believe is going to be the next Frank Clark um, and and can be a significant contributor right away uh, at a very cheap price compare in comparison probably two million dollars on mm-hmm. the cap compared to seventeen and also. Uh, you're you're looking at that. It frees up all of that cap space for you. Um, in addition, so I, I just think that that is the moves that the Patriots, time and time again, continue to make year after year, uh, and are able to continue to tune up their roster in a sense that they are able to continue and sustain playoff runs and Super Bowl runs. So if you're the Seahawks and, and are serious about getting to that place, you have to absolutely be very, very, very interested in making this move happen. I'm going to be completely frank right now. No no pun intended. No pun intended. No okay. pun intended, although Curtis would be proud of that one. But I am going to be completely <laughs> frank. Um, I always feel kind of uncomfortable having these conversations. The reason, and I'm telling you because I think you understand this feeling. Yes. When you're in that locker room or when you're covering these guys. So I, I was covering uh, this team, and I'm newer uh, covering the team. Like, I'm not even one of the guys that's been covering it for, you know, 20, 25 years. Yeah. Um, but even just in, in five years of being in that locker room and around these guys, um, you, when you have these conversations and these hypotheticals about, um, you know, whether or not a, a person, like an employee, yes, but like a person, uh, is going to be traded, is going to have their life upended, even if it results in a huge deal for them, yes. it always feels a little uncomfortable. You always feel like you're ignoring, the the person side of a player for sure it's a cut the it's NFL so, is so cutthroat yeah it, it, it's such a it's such a business and and that's the hard part about this is the emotion everything wants me to have Frank Clark here he's worked his butt off he's a homegrown talent mm-hmm. uh you know he really stepped up his game last year on the field and also in his personal life and as a leader in this franchise so I think his worth is of tremendous value to the Seahawks. However, it's the situation they find themselves in exactly. more so than it is Frank Clark. Correct. And that's why this is that's why this as a big if true does have a big impact because it's not um you know, while it is kind of an awkward conversation to have if you're someone that covers the team or Jake like you, someone that knows a lot of these players personally. Yeah. But the reason it's so interesting is because it really is uh there are there's a big fork in the road for the Seahawks coming up with these big contracts, specifically for Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson, and Frank Clark, what mm-hmm. you do with those guys, what you do with each of those players is going to have a huge ripple effect for the future of your team. You don't know what it is. Um, but I think that one of the ones that's being explored is, all right, the Seahawks have two options. You can extend Frank Clark. You can keep this pass rusher here. Um, you might have to uh, sacrifice, uh, you know, like a Bobby Wagner or, um, getting someone else big in free agency, another big, you know, uh, defensive end addition. Um, or you take the route of, all right, you let uh, what's been one of the better pass rushers to go through your program in the last uh, four years, you you trade him you, or let him walk next year in free agency, 
and you take a risk and you bring in someone this year and and what's that going to be are you going to get someone that that just doesn't end up filling that role and have a situation that this team and many other teams have found themselves in when you take a risk and it doesn't pan out and you realize oh we shouldn't have we shouldn't have let this person walk or do you get someone in that blows you away that helps this team helps keep that window open for guys like Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner and you do so at a rookie deal correct it's that, a huge decision. It's a it's a massive decision, and there's risks on both end of it. There's risks to the potential, uh, uh, if you keep Frank Clark, what you're going to be able to to do from a cap standpoint, uh, because then the interesting question becomes, if Jaron Reed balls out again like he yeah. did this year, he's going to be one of he's the highest-paid defensive tackles in the league, right? And so there's all these things, the flexibility of what you're able to do because of these all these big contracts. The the second thing is is that, uh, like you said, you know, going the draft route, you have to hit. If you don't hit, then you look like a fool. Mm-hmm. And that's where John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders sit right now. Uh, with John Gruden and Mike Mayock, they have to hit. They have to make these things work. And if not, work. you gave up way too much. You gave up all pros and pro bowlers. And yep. You made some big trades. You made yourself worse in 2018. Yes. And if it doesn't pan out. Yep, yeah. then then you then you look like a fool. And and so that's where the Seahawks currently sit and that's where the Patriots time and time again I go back to them is they make these moves and you're going, "Man, how could you let this guy go? Yeah. How could you trade this guy?" And they simply know and have a pulse on one uh the value of each player and how much they can bring to them and two what they can then turn in and how that that fits into next year's team each and every single year. And that's where the Seahawks, that's the mode that they have to be in, is they have to look out for the best interest of the team, uh, what is the best interest of this year, and mm-hmm. moving forward. No, it'll it'll be a really, really interesting thing to watch. I don't it's think gonna we're going to see an answer anytime soon. It's gonna, uh, I, I, think this, I think this conversation, this big if true yep. topic right now about Frank Clark, is really going to take heat and... and Maybe April twenty fourth when it rolls around that when first the, round. Yep, that first round of draft day. That was basically what happened when there were talks about trading Earl Thomas last year. When Dallas came on the clock, everyone was just waiting to see what happened. And as soon as you started getting through kind of the early second round, it was just like, all right, well, yep, it's over. It's over. So yeah, expect this conversation to come up again for sure. But I mean, there's there's a lot to figure out. All right, coming up next, we've got Ask Us Anything to close out our show. Text the Coors Light text line at 710-710. Ask us any question. Any question. Anything. Anything. You guys have been awesome lately, so keep it coming. Yes. That's next on Seattle Sports at Night. Live from the Alaska Airlines studio, this is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Back for another... Seattle Sports at Night. It's our last segment, but it's the best segment. The best segment. It's my favorite. <laughs> it really is. I say that every time, but I get so excited. I don't know if it's because I get to read the questions and I feel like I'm in control. Maybe. It could be. You but, know? I mean, you've been in control of this whole thing the I entire know. time. The last three days, Stacey. I know. You know like that kid where it's like there's a substitute in and it's like, can I get a student to help me with attendance? And then the kid raises their hand first and yes. everyone's like, I hate that kid. That's me. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> That's me. But I'm still excited about it because we have some really good questions. It's not too late to get yours in. Text the Coors Light text line at 710-710. We've got some good ones. And they're making me feel not old, nostalgic. 
I feel nostalgic and I want to, I wish, I hope, I wonder if I can say something that you won't remember. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I really hope so. (laughs) Because this is from the 206. Uh, What's something common from your childhood that's going to seem weird to future generations? Wow. Okay. Um, All right. This might be a dark turn here, but uh, I feel feel like, I feel like uh, in future generations, people aren't going to really know what family game nights are anymore or just friends and game nights you know what? like that's not playing board games like people don't realize how fun game like board games i love and card game games, night but i feel like everybody's so tuned into yeah you know, kids their and phones video game and phones their... and you know all that that people are just going to lose out on these fun memory making moments together and you who knew you could have so much fun just kind of being present in the moment with each other i can see you loving game night because you're hyper competitive and Love how do you know it. that everyone else is having fun? And Love they are it. like, you guys, we really need to get Jake to go. Just let him win. <laughs> let him win and end this. Help. It's been 16 hours. <laughs> no, we are not putting this board game away. No. Um, no this I- is Candyland, Jake. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> get over it. No, I mean, that's it is technology True. brings so many great things. Um, I love my phone. I'm on it a lot. And I like that I can be on my phone yeah. and watch something on my computer. It's great. But it does. It, it, it is. It does make you worry if we're going to lose some of the stuff that's really cool. Game night, going to the movies even. I sometimes yeah. wonder if that's going to be there. I loved that's going true. to the movies. I love the movies. I know. I saw um, this actually made me sad. It's not something from my childhood, but related to this just with how things are changing and things that are seen as, as old-fashioned yeah all of a sudden you're like why is this old-fashioned but there was a tweet the other day that had bella hadid and Gigi hadid did you see this no if you guys aren't familiar um i recognize i'm talking to sports radio listeners so maybe you guys aren't all on <laughs> the same page as me but bella hadid and Gigi hadid are models and they're they're big among like i would say late teenagers and young adults um you know kids that are like glued to instagram uh, there was a tweet that said they have made the new it trend books. They're carrying books as accessories. Like you carry a book oh with your outfit, gosh, an actual book, not me. like a, not like a purse or a clutch. That's, that's kind of like a book and like a cool design. Like the idea of books as You're, cool accessories. Oh my God. I'm not kidding. Gosh. I felt, <laughs> that is horrible. I felt awful. I was like, what what's is- happening to us it's a trend it's it's just it's just a piece it's an accessory it doesn't actually mean anything i know it's in the book uh i can't think of anything from my childhood that's going to seem weird my immediate thought went to just things right like floppy disks yeah or answering machines or or home phones the idea of a home phone is going to be really weird yeah um it already is it already is to people i mean the, the, i had one i think through at least most of high school, we had one. Yeah, I did too. And uh, and even that wasn't like super common. And and now I'm like, I can't imagine having one. It's weird when I see people say home phone number. I'm like, you guys have a home phone? Yeah. Well, that was the wait. Only... Do you have a home phone? That was no, I don't okay. have a home phone. But that was the only way you could get in touch with your friends. It was right. Like you'd have to call, and then their mom would pick up and be like, Hey, can I talk to so and so? And any yeah. numbers of friends that I have memorized. Uh, which are probably five, are the five friends that I've known since I was young enough to have a home phone. And that's the reason I have their number memorized. That's awesome. Um, I I will say I asked, uh, I was trying to see kind of the generation gap with some of the Seahawks players. uh, And I did talk to one player, one of the younger players, who uh, he knew what a lot of it was. Yeah. I I was impressed. 
but did not know what a Walkman was. Oh I man, know. I not his fault, but I felt the Walkman really old. was the Walkman was a love hate relationship. It was hard. It was hard. I I tried to have my Walkman on when I would like shoot hoops in the. In, it was in the tough. backyard. This was because before like wireless it, headphones were a thought. Yeah, and like you, you know, you would jump to shoot your shot, yep. and then the then the CD would skip, and it'd be like, ah, oh, dang, okay. You know, it would happen every time. Think of all the athletes that have been limited from trying to keep their music from skipping. <laughs> That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. From the three six zero, I don't know what I would say to this, but I, I don't know. I had twenty thoughts come into my mind. If you woke up ten years from now, what would be your first Google search? Whoa. 10 years from now. So basically, I read this question as, what's the one answer that you want to know about something that hasn't happened? Or it could be like a hypothetical, right? Maybe your Google search is like America war question mark. Like people that are nervous, right? Like earthquake Washington. I guess I would just. Disaster things. But but you could also have the answer to if you're if you're a crazy, crazy uh fan that's like okay i want to dedicate this one question to sports seattle super bowl right <laughs> yeah, you could yeah. see if they've gone mariners world series yeah championships mariner world series that would be intense that would be uh, that would be like um i might google maybe not a number one but it would be in my top 10 i might google search myself like if i've been missing for 10 years what, what happened to me right like what happened to you me? just Where, wake up is, is my family looking for me somewhere or did like I get in a time capsule and... Where am I? Where have I been? Exactly. Like, what's well, that's going a, on? Where's my personal life? Now. Like, that is a scary question to me. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, let's do, let's do more fun answers. <laughs> if you can... Let's keep it sports related. Here. What's if wrong you could with know me? One, if you could know the answer right now to a, a question in sports that we are constantly asking ourselves, whether it's local or national, what answer do you want? Or what, what do you want to know that would make you be like, I can sleep easier at night with um how about just local sports okay with local sports if there was one question one question i can get the answer to right now right now okay i think mine would be probably just because we talk about it so much i'd probably search russell wilson seahawks okay. see whether he's still yep whether that happened just i'm just i know i'm going to be talking about it for months and months and months and <laughs> writing about it every single day <laughs> and i just want to know yeah that's true end it now um okay um, I think, uh, yeah, that's, that's where my mind would have went. Um, I think maybe if I could get one question answered right now, uh, probably if you're going to go Russell Wilson, I'm going to go Frank Clark. Like I, go. I'm dying to know what happens to Frank Clark. Like, what is he going to be a Seahawk? Is he, or are we going to trade him? Like that's, that's what I'm dying to know right now. Ooh, you know, what would be interesting is to what? search like Patriots. Or Tom Brady. Because in 10 years, I mean, they have kept an unbelievable franchise going for 15 plus years. We're not going to see that again. But how much longer does it go? That's that's Because if it's another 10 years and it's like Patriots win Super Bowl 58 or whatever. And Bill Belichick is is 70 or 80 years old. Like that'll be. It'll be like it never ends. That's right. Who did he make a deal with? All right. From the 425, what's the worst movie that you actually love? I already know my answer. The worst movie that I so a movie maybe you're embarrassed of it or a a movie that you've seen where you're like yes I know it's awful but I will watch it anytime it's on. Mine is um, the House Bunny with Anna Faris. Uh (laughs) It's so good. It's a great movie. Those of you that don't know, Anna Faris 
is a former it's like it's it's funny it's a comedy it's not gross but she's a former playmate and she becomes a sorority house mother yes. and it's a type of humor that is it's intentionally stupid but in a way that's like kind-hearted and it yeah. ends up being really funny and she's amazing in it. One of her most underrated roles. I love that movie. I'm not ashamed of it. I will watch it every time it's on. That's pretty funny. I, I still say, um, I'll get the mahi-mahi, but can I get the one mahi because I'm not that hungry? <laughs> I say great, that at restaurants all the there's time. There's some great lines from that. Um, okay, so the one that comes to mind, there was a second one that just popped up, and I'll, I'll name both. One, uh, people might be upset with me even saying that this is a bad movie, is uh, Wayne's World. Wayne's World is a slapstick, slapstick comedy. It is. Uh, Mike Myers. Um, I, it, it's so funny. I've never every, seen it. Every single time. Oh, there's so many great lines in that movie. I love Wayne's World. I will watch it every single time. It's uh, Dana Carvey. Oh, so good. Classic. Uh, second is um, one that my wife actually she loves this movie and like. I had to watch it when we were dating, and it's got a bunch of great lines, but it's Baby Mama with Tina Fey. That's and a great movie. Yeah. Love that movie. We watch it all the time from, you know, every now and then, but there's so many great lines in Baby Mama. There used to be, oh my gosh, she would know it, or maybe you will. There was a line about a coffee table that when I saw it in the theaters, I feel like I cried laughing. Oh my gosh. I, I, uh, no, so, I don't know. I've got to, to, I've got right to figure away. it out. And so many good ones. I'm going to walk into the office tomorrow and just yell it. <laughs> it's not going to make any sense. I need to find out. But, yeah, so if we're giving you guys some movie recommendations, we're telling you House Bunny, don't judge us. Wayne's World, don't judge Jake. That's right. <laughs> and uh, Baby Mama, don't judge Jake again. That's right. Don't judge us. Okay? I put myself like out them. there. They, yeah. they are funny movies. We're being vulnerable. That's right. All right, that'll do it. For us tonight uh, on Seattle Sports at Night, thank you for joining us. We are off tomorrow, but back again Monday. We hope you can join us then for some more Seattle Sports Talk. Thanks for joining us on Seattle Sports at Night on 710 ESPN Seattle.